The Space God Memoirs. Episode 15 I stepped out of the ship and gave a deep, dramatic flourish, bowing low like a stage performer. Maybe a show of bravado would shake the weirdness that still firmly gripped me. I looked up to see Ophiro still there, now standing. Bakibra was by his side, but the gray-clad stranger was gone. The other knights all stood in a line just below the balcony. Everybody was looking at me. They weren't cheering and they weren't clapping. I felt like a child who had just been caught by the village, his face stained red after eating the whole jar of Fingla berry jam. Speak, pilot, said Bakibra from above. What were the results of your test? Um, success, of course. You saw me vanish, right? And reappear? The knight nodded, but exchanged a curious look with her silent prince. Then, yeah, all good, I said. Shift engine working as intended. May need a few tweaks and mods to get in regular order, but from my end, it's working great. I put on a big fake smile and gave a thumbs up to the crew. Nothing out of the ordinary occurred, asked the knight. No unusual sights or disturbances. The protector and prince exchanged another weird look. Nope, I answered a bit too quickly. Ah, Kino Bino. No need to mention any horrifying apocalyptic visions of gods or trials. Bakibra was silent, but the prince beside her glared down at me, narrowing his pale eyes. Scrag. Had he read my thoughts or something? Could a scion like him have seen what I saw? The silence was broken as a loud rumble rang through the courtyard, shaking the walls themselves like some gargantuan bell. It lasted for about three seconds, leaving everyone standing there, stunned. My eyes were drawn upward for some reason, to the sky. Above, the clouds were backlit by a red luminescence. I didn't even want to consider what was going on. Prince Ophiro gazed skyward, then nodded to Bakibra and looked back to us. Bring them, he commanded to the knights. Moments later, we were led up to the ramparts above the courtyard affording us a view of Canadria City and much of the surrounding lands. Ten of us in total, prince, knights, and technicians, all stared up at the skies in anticipation. The air was heavy with a sense of doom, my skin crawly and that horrid chill once more creeping into me. The clouds up above churned, silent lightning crackling within them. The sky behind them took on a rare reddish hue, In the distance, unsourced rumbles and creaks could be heard, along with a rare noise that I couldn't quite name, but reminded me of when you shake a piece of soft sheet metal in the air. The Eye of the Gods stood large at the height of the sky, the red light at its center glowering down on us all. Felt like the end of the scragging world. Look there, said Bakibra, pointing upward. 
a ripple formed in the sky, between two clouds. A form coalesced into view as the ripple subsided. A vessel, its shape bringing to mind the large crabs that could still be seen scuttling across the wetter basins of the ocean. I couldn't tell how big it was, but I was sure it was huge, like those things I had seen up in my test. Further away, another ripple appeared, then another vessel, this one more elegant and winged. Further craft blinked into existence all along the course of the sky, none of them moving but just standing perfectly still, as if waiting. Everyone on the ramparts was silent, the techies and knights both at a loss for words. Those without helmets looked awed, their mouths half open and their eyes wide. Everyone save for Prince Ophiro. The pale lord appeared impressed for sure, but with a strangely satisfied glow accompanied by an excited fervor in his nearly white eyes, as if he had been waiting for this moment all his life. The prince turned around to face us. Apprehend them all, he stated calmly. It is clear that these machinists have brought the wrath of the gods upon us. They must be arrested. There was something off about how he said that. Something false. But your highness, then protested, we were asked to come here and demonstrate this technology for you. You cannot possibly think that we... Two knights stepped towards Ven, grabbing him by the shoulder. Demer tried backing away, but the big knight in the green armor struck him in the side of the head with the flat of his axe, sending him to the ground. Another knight picked Demer up and cuffed him. Burge tensed up, looking ready to tackle one of them, but didn't make a move. Rayleigh was still looking up at the sky, her eyes wide. Take them away, said the prince, waving his hand. All my cowardly instincts told me to make a run for it. Something stank here, worse than a bloated Rusha carcass left in the sun for a week. But up there on the ramparts, there was nowhere to go, and certainly no way to fight our way out of this. So I lowered my head and let the knights place my hands behind my back. They did the same for my friends, leading us into the castle and chambers below. Down and down I went, led into the depths of Ganadria's palace, where the stately halls and grand chambers narrowed into cramped tunnels lit by flickering oil lamps. I was shoved into a tiny cell, a heavy iron door slamming shut behind me. I could hear it lock into place as my vision was thrust into darkness, bobbled by the sound of solid boots clanging on metal floor. The boot steps receded into the distance, until the only sounds were the sporadic groaning of the old iron fortress and the occasional distant thunk. When my vision finally adjusted to the near darkness, I could tell that I was in a one-person cell, its walls stained with rust, among the stains of other colors that I didn't care to think about. Wall behind me had an inset cot, metal like the rest of this scraggin place. Above it, some prior prisoner had notched the wall with numerous marks, scratches, and doodles that vaguely resembled genitals. I lingered at the door for a bit, looking out the barred window, spending a few minutes just shouting out the names of my companions, hoping somebody would call back. When that failed to produce any discernible results, I started shouting insults, hoping one of those bastard knights or their albino freak of a prince would hear me. In time, one of the knights appeared outside of my cell, a dour-looking fellow in red and blue armor, the same guy who had dragged me down here. He stood there, helmetless, watching over the hallway like some nocturnal predator, 
his dark little eyes occasionally looking towards the cell to make sure I hadn't left. Eh, scrag it, I told myself. Since I had nothing better to do, I put my face against the bars and stared right back at the guy. Immediately, he put his hand to his waist, where a refurbished blaster sat holstered. He didn't unsheathe it, but kept his hand there, throwing me a suspicious glance. The knight glowered at me with his square-jawed face. What do you want, prisoner? He practically spat at me. Uh, I replied. Pretty boring in here. Definitely not going to sleep. So I figured I'd say hi. Maybe you'll be telling me why exactly I'm locked up in here. No, he said, turning away. Hey, I continued. So what should I be calling you? I figured I'd get to know my noble protector since, you know, I'm not a criminal or a bad guy and I'm sure you'll be setting me free soon. He sighed, turning my way again. You can call me Sir Scragger. I raised one eyebrow high, like Rayleigh often did. Sir Scragger? Your name is Sir Scragger. Wow, must have been rough on you when you were a kid. Shut up! He shouted, turning to fully face me, his eyes practically bulging out of his skull. I should shoot you right now. This time, he actually did place his hand on his blaster and pulled it halfway out of its holster. Whoa, buddy! I replied, tossing my hands in the air. Relax, it was only a joke. Besides, I think if your prince actually wanted me dead, he would have ordered you to shoot me up on their ramparts. He shrugged, putting his gun back but throwing me an absolutely murderous look. I am Sir Allian of Ganadria, loyal servant to High Protector Rudis, he growled out. And that is all you need to know. For my orders, I'll tolerate your presence, but know that I have no intention of socializing with you or your ilk. Oh darn, I said, and I had such high hopes of a mutual friendship. Well then, I take it you won't be telling me where my friends are, or updating me on that craziness in the sky? Again, Alien glowered at me, then turned his view back to the wall. Alas, I said, turning away myself and creeping back to my cot. Well, good night, I said, and under my breath added Sir Scragger. Whether he heard that last bit or not, he said nothing. After some time, I just stepped back and plopped my ass down in the hard metal cot. I was a prisoner. Again. First, the EO had tied me to a post. Now, it was the God's damned KOG, who wouldn't even tell me why. Those dugga-kissing jab-gaggers were supposed to be the good guys. At least that's what Rayleigh had always told me. They were the defenders of technology, the brave guardians of the realm. And they had just tossed us all in jail. I sat there and put my face in my hands. This had to be my fault, I thought. Everything was going so well with the test. We should all be getting pats on the back, chest full of coin and royal commendations, not prison. The shift engine had straight up worked. It was a revolutionary step forward for science. A victory for Aruvis itself. But then I shifted and that weird thing in the sky happened. That spindly god guy showed up in my mind and then all those ships. Was that my fault? What was that even? I asked myself that. But I knew. I knew it had to be the scragging veyer. Our lords beyond. The EO were right. 
They kept a watch on technology and were spying from their eye, making sure none of us mortal yugs reactivated a shift engine. And I had. So now here they were. And we were all probably scragged. So here I was, rotting away in this cell. That had to be it. I'd brought down the wrath of the gods on the whole world. And soon I would probably get tortured in unimaginably horrible ways before I was finally executed. Maybe I deserve this, I thought, for a few brief seconds. Then I shook that crap out of my head. No use getting all depressed. But what was I going to do? I stood up again and tried the door. It didn't even budge when I shook it. Sir Scragger was no longer standing there and was probably off checking on my friends or something. Then I reached for the shiv I kept in my pants, realizing that those idiots hadn't searched me. It was still there. I took it out and tried to think of exactly how I was going to escape. I ran my hands across the door in its frame, looking to find a spot where I could pick the lock or pry it open. Nope and nope. No reachable lock from this side, and not enough space anywhere to stick to Shiv. Maybe Rayleigh was having better luck with her tools. Hopefully she was okay. Ah, her and Burge are survivors, I told myself. They'll be fine. I looked briefly at the walls, then realized there was no way my shitty Shiv was cutting through metal. So I sat back down on the bench and occupied myself with just tapping the Shiv against the nearby wall drumming out various tunes and beats. When I got tired of that, I put it away and lay down on the cot. My mind bereft of useful ideas, I just stared up at the black ceiling until my eyelids shut and I drifted into sleep. I dreamt I was on a ship that zoomed across infinite vistas of time and space. I coasted through the nether nothing between worlds, past an orange star and planets of gas, rock, and ice. Aruvis appeared before me as a sphere of blue-green ocean, ruddy red mountains and dusty gray earth. The eye of the gods hovered over it, casting a long shadow upon the planet. I wanted to strike it down, to fly into the heart of that thing and blow it to bits. But that was not my mission. My mission was... Thank you for listening to this episode of The Space God Memoirs. Space God is written, performed, and produced by A.M. Arctos. Original musical score by Alpha Colors. Various sound effects created by Industrial Strength Records Incorporated. Please support this podcast by following, rating, and sharing on your favorite social media site. For further info on Space God, its creator, and various other opinions, musings, and thoughts, Go to www.spacegodmemoirs.com or follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. If you enjoyed the Space God Memoirs, please consider supporting us by becoming a patron. Check out the Patreon link in our description to learn more.